We're starting, uh, we're continuing on in our series on gratitude. I'm just going to start off, I'm going to show you a list of a lot of the festivals and feasts that were implemented uh, both through the Talmud and the Torah. Now, I want you to picture these on your calendar throughout the year, that these are all the festivals that you have to celebrate. Keep in mind that some of these are one-day festivals, some of these are three-day festivals, some of these are seven-day festivals, and they're all very intricate in how you're supposed to um, celebrate them. So in, including three, at least three of these are, you have to travel to Jerusalem to get there to celebrate these things. So keep that, schedule that in as well. And just imagine your calendar throughout the year, how many blocks off there are throughout there to be brought back to this place again of celebrating. It's a little overwhelming to me when I think about it. Um, and I just, just so you get a little glimpse of how intricate some of these are, I'm going to read from Deuteronomy 16. It's a good chapter. It goes through three of these festivals. Just, it's a brief overview, but just to let you know what we're thought, talking about here. Verse 1, um, observe the month of Aviv and celebrate the Passover of the Lord your God, because in the month of Aviv he brought you out of Egypt by night. Sacrifice as the Passover to the Lord your God, an animal from your flock or herd at the place the Lord will choose as a dwelling for his name. That ends up being Jerusalem later on. Do not eat it with bread made with yeast, but for seven days eat unleavened bread, the bread of affliction, because you left Egypt in haste, so that all the days of your life you may remember the time of your departure from Egypt. I'm going to stop here, but you can read this entire chapter, and that just gives you an overview of these three. Um, but just to let you know how it ends, in verse 16 it says, three times a year all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place that he will choose, that was Jerusalem, at the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. Two out of the three of those are seven-day festivals, plus getting there and getting and back on a donkey or a camel or walking, however you want to do that. So it's a long period of time. Um, no one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord God has blessed you. So this is, this is a big part of your life is celebrating these festivals, making arrangements for things to be taken care of while you were gone from your place of work or whatever, your land and all that kind of thing. Um, so that's one way that the Lord was bringing people back to this place of remembering, this place of gratitude. Second, when we get to Joshua, remember when they separated the, um, when they got to the promised land and God separated the water so they could walk through on dry ground. It says in, in um, Joshua chapter 4, Take up each of you a stone as you cross, put it on your shoulder, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the, Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Okay, so not only is your calendar peppered with things that were going to make you, remind you of how good the Lord has been, and for you to celebrate these things, for it to take up your whole days, also, there's going to be places around, this wasn't the only time this happened either, where you'll see things that will remind you of things that the Lord has done. Again, bringing you back to a place of gratitude. That's two things that the Lord's implementing here. Um, at the end of um, Lord Jesus' life, he's having um, his last supper with his disciples. And he says, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus is implementing yet another thing that I want you to continue to do that's been continued for the last 2,000 years that we do every week here. It's remembering him and what he's done for us and who he is to us again and again and again. God continues, uh, Paul tells us again in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, rejoice always, pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. Okay, and if, and if you look up give, give thanks in the uh, concordance, you'll, be, you'll, you'll find just the Bible's peppered with his admonishment to give thanks to the Lord. Again and again, here's all these things that keep getting implemented to bring us back to that place of remembrance, to bring us back to that place of gratitude, to put us in that place of knowing who he is and what he's done for us. My question today is, why does he do that? Um, you know, if I know someone in my life, a human, who wants to be thanked all the time and wants to remind me of all the things that they've done for me, that gets a little annoying, you know? I always think of this, the mother that says, I was in labor for three days with you, and they want something. There's something that they need to receive back from them for something like that. God isn't like that. He doesn't need me to thank him. He doesn't need that appreciation, but it must be doing something because he's very uh, direct about putting us back in that place of gratitude, reminding us of the things he's done for us. Why would that be? Um, so we want to answer that maybe today, a little bit, at least in part. So a question, do any of you guys ever feel disconnected from God? Yeah. Um, I think most of us in this room understand, can give me the right answers to questions when I ask you, you know, you know, you know that the Bible says that, you know, he will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. Yet that doesn't change the fact that sometimes it doesn't feel that way to us. We feel a little bit disconnected. We feel like he's a, you know, he, he might, we might see him seeing us as just a tool to be used or someone to just give him thanks. And it just, there's not a relational connection. We feel that way sometimes. So even though we know all the right, we know the Bible, we know what it says about us, and we believe that, sometimes we can still be losing trust in the midst of that, uh, feeling abandoned, sometimes feeling punished or ignored or unimportant to God. That can happen even when we know all the right answers and we really believe them, but it kind of stays in this realm and never reaches our hearts. So there are hindrances to receiving from God what we need or want relationally sometimes. Now, keep in mind, I'm going, to put, I'm going to put this aside. There are times when the Lord allows us to feel distance to do some, some things in us. That happens sometimes apart from what we're going to be talking about today. We'll just put that on the shelf right here and leave it there. But what I'm going to be talking about is just normal life, everyday life, hindrances to feeling relationally connected to him, okay? There are things that can hinder us from receiving his love, his assurance, his communication, his acceptance, and his care. And God obviously understands how we're wired because he was the wirer, right? He knows how our brain functions. He knows what to do to help us to relate to him in an intimate, mutual relationship. And his goal for us is always to love him, to know him, and to be transformed into his image. We get that? That's what he wants from us. And he really, really, really wants for us to receive his love his acceptance, his communication, his care, his enjoyment over us. He wants us to get that so badly. And I think I'm going to put forward today that I think that's why he does this, brings us back to this place of gratitude again and again. He created us to be relational beings. He's a trinity, a relationship. And he created us for our minds and our spirits. They've been created to desire relationship, both with God and with one another. And he's actually designed our brains to do that, to want that, and there's specific circuits in our biological brains we're going to talk about that help us with this longing and this need for con- connection, this relational connection. Uh, this is really fun for me. This is going to be very different. If you've ever heard me speak before, this is a different talk. I'm going to be talking to you about neuroscience. Um, 
which is really not my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> but I was talking to somebody the other day about these kind of things, and I was just amazed. And Susie asked me to speak on gratitude, and they fit together so well that I just thought, okay, we can do this. Uh, so I think this is going to be fun. Um, I don't think I need to tell anyone in this room, probably, secular neuroscience has figured out that gratitude is a super important thing. Have you guys read things or seen things around all these gratitude journals when you go in the bookstores? Bookstores are a place where they used to sell books. It's a, um, but the gratitude journals, it's a thing. Oprah talks about it. Um, any neuroscientist, they've seen how gratitude can really rewire the circuits in our brain and how things move around. Um, you see it a lot for people with victim mentality that if they spend time in gratitude for a long period of time, they stop seeing themselves that way and they start to notice more and more things to be grateful for. And it really does change neuro, uh, the neurological pathways. Today, um, I'm going to be talking about, particularly, I've got two, two neuroscientists. One of them actually calls himself a neurotheologian, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, one guy's name is Dr. Carl Lehman, and the other one is uh, Dr. E. James Wilder. Um, and they've, they discovered this thing they call relational circuits. Okay, and I'm going to, this is, this is an example of a dumb guy trying to sound smart. I'm going to read this to you so I don't mess it up. Relational circuits are a part of the cingulate cortex system in the cerebral cortex of the brain. Uh, and there's things in there. There's one place, thing called the genu, which is like this thing that kind of bends. And a lot of it is what's going on is that like the different sides of the brain are connecting to each other and, and communicating. Um, and this is specifically about relational stimulus that comes into your life. Anything relational having to do with friendships or love or anything like that comes in and it needs to go through this system um, for us to receive it as relational. Otherwise, we'll receive it as other things. And the goal is not to get stuck in a non-relational traffic jam. I want us to think about it as a, as a hose. Um, if I want to water my lawn, um, I have to connect the hose to the water source and for this to work, it needs, the water needs to come all the way through that hose, make it to the sprinkler head, and disperse the water all over my lawn for that process to work. Okay, if this happens and I get a kink in that, it just doesn't work. Something different's going to happen. Um, and it's the same way, the way our brain is wired, we, those relational circuits can turn off. Um, it, so if God is related, God or other, what I'm going to say today, I'm going to talk about God, but it also... Um, applies to everyone around it, anybody, any person in your life, any relationship. But in the same way, God relates to us relationally, and sometimes our brain can get a kink in it somewhere and stop the flow of the relational stimulus so that we will perceive things in a non-relational manner, in a very functional manner, okay? It gets translated differently in our brains. And why this happens, um, what, when, does our, when do our relational circuits get turned off? Uh, they talk about them being turned on and turned off. How do they get turned off? It's through pain. It's through something unresolved. And it doesn't have to be through some big trauma. It's just something unresolved that it, it, it tweaks us just enough for our brain to protect itself and say, okay, I'm going to go into logic mode. Do we understand what that means? When pain starts to come to us and we just want to solve the problem and not think about the pain that it's causing us, that's what's happening there is our relational circuits turn off and we begin to think about this thing as a problem to be solved and not as an experience to be experienced, okay? Um, so that's how they get turned off. Um, and when it gets turned off, we don't receive relational stimulus like relational, like relationally, okay? It's like we're trying to tune in our radio. We're looking for music, 
and one, all, the only thing we can get is like an MIT lecture. That's what's coming in. Or if we do finally find a music station, our brain is going to tell us a bunch of numbers. And it's not going to move our hearts the way it would if, um, if, if our relational circuits are turned on. Does that make sense? And the problem is we're not great at knowing when our relational circuits are turned on and turned off. People can become way better at this when they get used to this. But this is kind of new neuroscience, at least to me. Um, and I hear that people can get good at this. But um, I'll, I'll give you some help on that before we, before we finish. But what that looks like sometimes is a discussion with someone you love becomes a contest to win. And they become your opponent. Or you see someone you're having a discussion with as a relationship in your life as just like a tool um, to get something. Um, that's the way it happens when we're not thinking relationally. Our solution to solving problems with our relational circuits turned off is to do the right thing rather than restore relationship. Does that make sense? So when you look at the scriptures through this, this lens, you look at the New Testament, you see these Pharisees. Um, they're really good at doing the right thing, but they seem to have this, they, they don't see the relationship that's being offered to him in the, per, in the person of Jesus Christ. So looking at them, they would be a good example of someone who could, who's a good Christian, but maybe have the relational circuits turned off, so they're just doing the right thing, and that's what we do in that place. A lot of people these days in the world of attachment, the science of attachment, I've read a lot of books getting ready for this, if you haven't figured that out. Uh, <laughs> I'm really pretending to be an expert in all these subjects I don't know anything about. But um, in the, that world of uh, attachment, they've come to this conclusion that the human's greatest desire is to have someone that wants to be with me, right? Uh, some, of, some of them talk about it when they talk about a baby. They're looking for someone who I am the sparkle in their eye. And they just, that's what joy is, uh, according to some people. And so when our relational circuits are turned off, God, who is that person who we are the sparkle in his eye, we can't receive that when that happens. And that's why prayer becomes so hard sometimes and we're not, we, we're not relating relationally. It's possibly because our relation, relational circuits are turned off. That's why so few people really enjoy prayer, but uh, maybe. Okay, so here's a couple of bad things about this. Uh, if you haven't already figured out some of this is bad. Um, one, you can't have your relational circuits turned on towards the people I love and turned off towards the people I work with or vice versa. They're on or they're off. So if they get turned off at work, I come home to my spouse, they're still turned off unless something happens to turn them back on. And two, our memory also gets a disconnect between, with relationality. So, you know, if I have a long history of beautiful relationship or a beautiful experiences with the Lord where I felt really connected to him, I can still remember that those happened, but there's, I can't connect with the relational portion of that. So for that to help me at this time. So that's not great. I know that it's there, but I still can't connect to it. Um, so those are, those are the bad news about this. So that sounds kind of bad, right? Oh, well, I, I think it is. <laughs> but removing us from um, emotionally connecting with people around us, it also prevents us from experiencing God as, relate, as a person. It's when we start relating to God as this being that's out there that kind of isn't really connected to us or this uh, creator who doesn't really want much to do with us, instead of what God wants is being the father and the mother and the lover and the friend and the brother and the sister that he wants to be to all of us. Uh, that's cut off and we start seeing him as far off when our relational circuits are um, shut off. 
So what are we supposed to do about this if this is real? Um, I don't want to live with my relational circuits turned off and to mistranslate all the things that are happening in my world. Is there a way for us to turn our uh, relational circuits back on, to unkink our hose and allow us to relate to God and the people of our lives on the relational level? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, there is. Uh, this is the things that they found out. Uh, studies have shown that intentional, interactive gratitude, um, the, the scientists that I've found, everyone says that gratitude is good for this, but the intentional, interactive gratitude, uh, Dr. The Carl Lehman and um, James Wilder have found to be the most effective and direct way of doing this. Um, putting you in a place, we're going to do something um, here at the end of our service where I'm just going to take you through an exercise that we can use to unkink our hose. Um, so it's fascinating. What they'll do is they'll put people in brain scans in this whole area that we've been talking about of our brain will just be kind of like dead. Um, won't show any color or life. And then we'll, we'll put them in this gratitude exercise and you'll see that part of their brain just open up and come alive. Isn't that fascinating? You can just watch it happen. Um, another side note, singing is another thing that also opens up that part of your brain. So as we go throughout life, when good things happen to us and gratitude comes in, they will, they will open up so that you're not always relationally turned off all the time. Um, but um, this is a way to just do it on purpose, which is good to know. That's good news, right? We, we, can, we can do this. A fun thing is the right orbital prefrontal cortex it's the only section of our brain that continues and has the ability to grow until the day that we die. The rest of it gets set after a certain amount of time. But this is the area we can exercise with gratitude. And so I just want to say, this, I don't think this is the only reason that the Lord has put these festivals and these remembrances. There's all kinds of things the Lord is doing. However, just think of a God that knows how we're wired and that parts of our brain shut off to receive relationally from him and how he wired us and he implemented these things that we'll see to bring us back to that point of remembrance, to bring us back to that point of gratitude so he can relate to us, so that we can receive the things that he has for us. Coming back year after year, retelling the same stories of what he's done, going through the arduous process, these festivals and rituals, so that our relational circuits stay turned on. They'll never stay off for very long if you continue to put yourselves back in that place of gratitude. And he's just helping us out like that. Also, when he tells us, you know, throughout the scriptures, sing, Make a joyful noise. Uh, sing, speak to one another in hymns, spiritual songs, and those kind of things. Those are commands from the Lord. Those are also doing the kind of same thing. It helps us to open up relationally. You know, I think God can watch us shut down relationally to him, and he wants to give us a way to awaken his presence and all the relational love that he's pouring out upon us so we can receive it that way. And he wants to relate to what, us to one another, not as problems or objects or tools, um, but as relationships and human beings that we love. It's the first and second commandment right there. There's a lot of help with it. Okay, so before we do our uh, exercise, I want us to give you a, a, this is in your bullet, and I want to give you a real simple checklist. Because this is all new to all of us, this is, these are just questions we can ask ourselves to, to ask myself, are my relational circuits turned on or off? If you can answer yes to the, this list of questions, which are one of them, it might mean that they're off. I just want to make the problem, person, or feeling go away instead of engaging. I think we can relate to these. <laughs> I don't want to listen to what others feel or say. I don't find myself being curious about what other people are thinking or feeling. My mind is locked onto something 
upsetting, and I just can't seem to shake it. Uh, that's another way we might know. Uh, another, I don't want to be connected to fill-in-the-blank, someone I usually like. You find yourself, I like this person. Why don't I want to be connected to them right now? It could be because of the, your relational circuits are turned off. I just want to get away, fight, or freeze instead of calmly engaging the situation. Um, and one, this is an easy one to see, I more, I more aggressively interrogate, judge, and fix others. I think, I think, you know, we can all relate to that fact that someone's sharing something with us and we want to fix the problem and they, they're upset because of that. Um, maybe this is more, has something to do with this. Our relational circuits are just turned off and all I can do is want to fix the problem instead of engaging in this conversation with you about relationship. It makes a little bit of sense, right? It's interesting. Um, a way that um, you can tell that your circuits are on, you find yourself being very curious um, about what other people are thinking and feeling. Um, that's just something you know internally. And then you have this desire to connect and participate in building relationship with someone. Okay? So now I, wanna, I want us to just try this, okay? Is this okay? If we just give us a shot? Uh, I'm going to take us through a little bit of an exercise, and you're welcome to join me if you'd like. But if you could just start by closing your eyes, and we're just going to do this intentional, interactive um, gratitude. I want you to take a moment and remember a time when you were overwhelmed with gratitude and appreciation. It could be a moment, a situation, a place that you were where you were just overwhelmed with gratitude. This isn't a thing where we're finding good in the situation that we're in. It's remembering another time, another place. You all got it? So I want you to just put yourself there. Experience what you were experiencing at the time. What are the things that you're smelling? What are the things that you're hearing? What sounds are going on in the background? Do you feel warm or cold or are you comfortable? Is there a breeze blowing? What is your body feeling in that place? Just continue to let that gratitude overflow and feel it. What other emotions are you feeling besides gratitude? appreciation feel like? And if you're enjoying the situation, 
if you want to, just thank God for it. And as you thank him, I want you just to invite him in, just to sit beside you. It's just to ask him to experience this gratitude with us. Can you feel his joy in your gratitude? just to ask him, Jesus, what, what does my appreciation feel like to you? And just pay attention to any thoughts or feelings or questions that come to your mind. time remaining in our place of gratitude. And I want us just to ask Jesus, Jesus, when I woke up this morning, what was the first thing you thought about me? And just listen. Jesus, as I appreciate you, what is, what is something that you appreciate about me? And just open your heart to receive that. you're in. I want you to just lift your head to him. I want you to make eye contact with him. I want us just to notice the look on his face when he, when he watches us in gratitude. us to take in that look. And we can even be grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just want us to think about the thing that you were thinking about when we first started this exercise what that appreciation felt like to you. And with him sitting beside you, 
you can open your eyes. How'd that feel? Nothing? <laughs> I did this uh, with our Connect group uh, on Wednesday. And I, did, I asked them if they'd be my guinea pigs. And so what I did is at the beginning of our time together, I read a lot of things that the scriptures say about you that are true. And I just, right out, right out of the gate, I just read that to them. And I just wanted them to notice how much of that could they receive. Um, what was that like to hear? And then we did a elongated version of this, and then we sang a little bit as well. And I read the same thing over them at the end, and I just asked them, their, was that different? And with, all, with most of them who were there, they, they thought it was very different the second time. Um, and if we're going to talk about neuroscience, it could be because our relational circuits are open. You know, there's all, all kinds of things going on at this time. But they were able to receive that relationally, whereas before they had to figure out in their mind what was going on here and what I believe and what I don't. Um, but when we're open to receive that kind of thing, the way it's meant to be said, and it was a neat experiment that backed up all of this we've been talking about. So the bottom line is we serve a God who longs to relate to us in any way that he can. We're designed to be relational beings to receive from him that way and not just as an object, and to see each other in that way. So he institutes these feasts and these festivals and these rituals and these remembrances, in part, I think, to keep us in a place of gratitude. He knows that we get turned off, our relational circuits get turned off during the days, and he keeps bringing us back to this place of gratitude so that we can continue to receive from him. Isn't that a wonderful thing that he does for us? Um, And that's just who he is and how he's helping us out. Now, we Protestants, we don't follow a long list of festivals and feasts. Uh, we don't, we're not really good at that. So how do we make this work for us? Um, I think by making like this thing that we just did, you can do it any time during any day. If you want to start your prayer off with that or just do it sometime during the day or any time I can run through this checklist and realize, oh, I might be closed up or my, my hose might be kinked. I just want, I can just do this. I can just put myself in this place of remembrance, of gratitude, and sit there for five minutes. And at the end of that, most likely, my relational circuits will be turned on, my hills will be unkinked, and I will think differently about the people around me and about the Lord. That's the way we want to relate to everyone. I, don't, I never want to see my wife as either a tool to get something or a, my opponent in an argument that I just want to de- defeat. Um, but that's where we go. I never want to see God as this being way out there that's against me. I want to be open to receiving the friendship that he wants to give me in that way. So, I mean, some of the other things we can do. We can sing more. Uh, if, we find, if we're in our car, we're alone, we're in our shower, or we're around the house, singing more. Well, there's been all kinds of anecdotal evidence of people that just started singing worship music more often, and they noticed that they opened up, that their hose became unkinked more often. Um, we can just notice more as we take walks, as we drive, just notice these things that we can be grateful for. We can celebrate dates and times. We look at old calendars or we look, run through old journals and we can just remember these good times that, that we've had and put ourselves in those positions. Uh, when Bo was born, we got this app called Moment Garden. So it'll send you things that uh, two years ago today, this was a picture you took. And that just brings me back to this place of gratitude for how things have come. Any little thing like that is super helpful to us, um, just placing us in a place of gratitude and opening us up for him. It's up to us. We do have a wonderful opportunity to turn our relational circuits on if we want, 
to unkink our hose so that we can be a relational person who wants relationship with God and those around us and can receive that way. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you want to be with us in this way. Lord, that you've created us for relationship with you and that you long for us to receive love and your care. And Lord, that we thank you that we are the sparkle in your eye and that you do love to be with us. Help us as we go forward. Keep us in this state of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen.